Welcome to Piedmont Arts, made possible by Quo Vadis and Ortho Carolina. I'm Rachel Stewart. On Saturday, February 26th, the Avalis Quartet will perform at Davidson's Tyler Tallman Hall as part of the Davidson College Concert Series. The Avalis Quartet took first place in the senior division of the 2019 WDAV Young Chamber Musicians Competition, and we're really glad to have them coming back to Davidson. Since that time, they've been building a career for themselves and focusing on their mission of enhancing the classical music world with voices less known and sometimes unheard. And they are currently the graduate quartet in residence at the University of Colorado Boulder, where they study under the renowned Takaksh Quartet. The members of uh, Ivalis Quartet are Ruben Cabede, violinist, Tiani Butts, violinist, Ame McAnulty, violist, and Pedro Sanchez, cellist. And they're all here, gathered around a, a little microphone, <laughs> somewhere in Colorado, maybe? Yes. <laughs> yes. Again, thanks for taking the time to talk today. Um, I thought it might be interesting just to start by talking about how you got started. I know all of you went to the University of Michigan. So how did Ivalis start? Pedro and I met at the University of Michigan. And actually, uh, the summer before we both had started, I was put in a quartet with a couple other members uh, at Center Stage Strings, which is run by Danielle Belen, my teacher at the University of Michigan. And we really enjoyed playing together. And we realized that it was kind of cool that we all kind of looked similar. <laughs> um, and then we ended up, uh, I actually played soccer with Pedro before we played in a yeah. quartet together. We needed a cellist, so I pulled him into a practice room, and he didn't know what he was getting himself into yet. Um, <laughs> but here we are many years later. Here we are, yeah. The quartet started from a conversation of, um, we saw a lack of um, representation in our field very early on. I mean, like, growing up, we didn't really see a string quartet that looked like us, you know, on stage. And we thought that that could be a great thing for the new generations and younger musicians, you know. We enjoy going to schools and doing uh, community engagement programs, concerts for families where little kids can see us perform and perhaps can think that can be me in the future. You know, seeing somebody that speaks Spanish, seeing somebody that, you know, looks like them. And yeah, I think that's a big part of what we like to do as a quartet, as well as, of course, performing uh, works of um, people of color, mm -hmm. female composers as well. Yes. Yeah, I notice on your website, you know, you've got a mission statement there, and it says representation matters. It does, yes. And you've alluded to that. I mean, you've touched on that, but I just wondered if anybody else wanted to add to that. You know, why does it matter, and why do we care in classical music? Should we care in classical music? Classical music's been here forever, right? Unfortunately, I think we have seen in the past few decades how classical music has um, been of less interest for the younger generations. And just like we have seen in many other industries, the industry will benefit from diversity. Like more ideas will come, more people will be interested in, and we need that right now for, for classical music and for chamber music in general. It's vital for anything to have uh, not only diversity in the things that we present, but also in the, in the minds that are behind what it's produced. Because like I said earlier, more ideas will come, 
let's say for example that in my culture we have a slightly different way of doing something but in um, Tiani's culture there is a there are more things to add and when those two come together wonderful things are created I think another reason why um, representation in especially in classical music is is so important is because of this I think Pedro touched on this a little bit is classical music kind of has this like elitist sort of undertone to it we definitely were all we're all classically trained um, went to school studied professionally and we play professionally but it's it's really special to us to make to kind of bridge that gap between um, you know just performer you know as a quartet and the audience or community and really when we go out into the communities and play for people that are from all sorts of backgrounds and not just play for them but talk to them and make them you know get them to understand what we're doing what we're playing and that there are people out there from all sorts of backgrounds that do what we do are changing the scene up a little bit it's it's really impactful yeah just getting that message across that it's not just for the music of old european white guys that are you know very that we still study and we try to perfect to this day it's really important to be able to do that at a high level but you know, creating a platform for all these other composers and, and just making it a little more accessible and a little more inclusive for everybody. And mm -hmm. it brings people in, it makes people feel welcome. And another big point is actually something that I am personally very, I am very attracted to this idea that music can actually serve society in many different ways and not just as entertainment or as something that people go see mm -hmm. or, um, but I, I grew up in Venezuela, in Caracas, Venezuela, and over there we have a program called El Sistema. It's a program that is very old. It's more than 40 years old. It's not really attached uh, per se to any uh, political organization or anything like that. But um, it uses music basically as a way to serve underprivileged people and, and people in need and basically I grew up in, in, in an environment where you could see kids that uh, didn't have strong family um, bases mm -hmm. and were given the opportunity to have violin lessons and also attend an orchestra rehearsal every afternoon. And the change that you see in those kids, it's unbelievable. So giving, giving people that, is not that are not experienced with classical music or that don't have the accessibility mm -hmm. It's a great benefit for society. So you all do outreach work, or you do try to go to the community, uh, into the community as much as possible. Um, are there any of those El Sistema principles or um, methods that you all try to use? Or how, how do you reach out? Just recently, we were able to become a very small part, but cool part of the Colorado uh, El Sistema program here in Denver. And I really like your question because when we're coaching young groups, it also teaches us right back about the compassion that these kids have for each other and society is a, a system there. But that's really what we're trying to encourage is how are we listening or how are we talking and how are we explaining our parts without you know verbal cues and things like that? How are we moving together in music? Yeah, and that's a relatively new new endeavor we have taken. 
We're very excited about it. And I have a lot of fun going there because I, there's a few kids that are even from Venezuela mm. and that speak Spanish. So that I'm like, yes, you know, I get to <laughs> exercise my <laughs> native language. Um, but a big part of those rehearsals or those coachings that we go give to El Sistema are also very focused on getting them to talk to us and getting them to express themselves, even more so than getting the technical things done. Those things are 100% secondary to the act of sharing, you know, and that's what we want to encourage these young groups and young musicians to like be able to express themselves. And that always comes first. So we want kids to live with the message that it's important for everybody to like have a voice it's important for everyone to be able to be heard and it's important for everybody to feel free to express themselves we have done really beautiful things that we have enjoyed a lot one of them that comes to mind is one time we were at the great lakes chamber music festival and we attended this place that was a home for uh, veterans right mm -hmm. uh, that didn't have a home of their own it was just beautiful. We played this concert, and I think we were playing a Mendelssohn quartet. I can't remember. Yeah, a Mendelssohn A minor. A minor, yeah. yeah. And Ruben had like this cool solo, and one of the guys in the audience was like, "Yeah, you know, <laughs> like, like jazz." Stood up and, <laughs> yeah, like, after a solo. And, yeah, and it was like, "Yeah, yeah. no, that's great." That was probably the most memorable concert. It was I so touching. Yes. So, Ruben. We haven't heard from you as much. I wonder if you could jump in and, and just talk about chamber music, why you play it, and why you think it's so able to touch people in the way that was just described. I initially got into playing it just because I loved all of the music. Like, I grew up listening to CDs of the Emerson Quartet, Takash Quartet, who we now get to study with, um, playing all these great works. So that's why I got into it. But... I think now one of the things that we've mentioned already is just being able to share with people. And something that happens a lot after concerts is people will come up to us and say, wow, it was great to watch you guys. The way you communicate, the way you look at each other, we can tell that you're having fun. What keeps me going now is just being able to play concerts and, and just bring that music to people. And also, I mean, now lots of music by underrepresented composers that deserves to be played, but isn't, isn't played nearly enough. What we like to do is program at least one piece by an underrepresented composer on any concert program we're doing. And the other thing that people will say after concerts is they'll come up to us, and often they enjoyed it at least as much as the Beethoven quartet we were playing. So that's a really rewarding thing, just talking to people and, and seeing how much they enjoyed what we were doing. So yeah, I, I think those are some reasons to answer your question, why chamber music? Mm -hmm. It also teaches so much about uh, communication skills and, and just being a good person, you know, <laughs> like, right. it's so funny, five, I feel like five years ago, when we started this, this quartet, I was a totally different person. It truly teaches you to listen to what everyone has to say, especially when you do it with people for a long time. It teaches you to inspect yourself, you know, and see, okay, what can I do better as a human so that my colleagues have a, can have a better time. It's truly a career path and vulnerability um, and just being a humble human being. 
Yeah, chamber music is a really, vulnerable is a really good word for it. I think we've all done a lot of orchestra and a lot of bigger ensembles, but when you when you get fewer and fewer people together to make music, you're just putting your heart out there. Well, you're, when you do, mm -hmm. it's magical, and I think that's, that's a really beautiful part. Mm -hmm. Well, I've been speaking with Ivalis Quartet, who will be performing Saturday, February 26th at Davidson's Tyler Tallman Hall as part of the Davidson College Concert Series, and you're listening to Piedmont Arts, made possible by Quo Vadis and Ortho Carolina.